Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Um, There are a lot of unknown faces here for me tonight, and a lot of familiar faces here. I am super, super excited. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Yasmina. Um, I am a member here at Seashore Church, and you got to see my entire family, which is more than most people that know me get to see. So it's nice to meet you as well. Um, I just want to thank a few people. I feel extremely grateful today. Um, Have you ever felt like Have you ever found yourself in a moment where you feel so thankful that you don't have the words like thank you doesn't describe the depth of which you feel grateful for and and gratitude for? I'm feeling that right now. So bear with me. So first and foremost, I just want to thank my family for being here tonight. I have had family who've come near and far to be here. I have Oklahoma represented here tonight, New York City and Yorktown, which they had to fight the bridge tunnel to get here. So that is something to (laughs) applaud. (laughs) Um, But yeah, just thank you so much for my family to be here tonight and um, be a part of this special moment for Akeem and I and for my friends. Um, I have so many friends here scattered through here um, and it just means the world to me that you would be here for us tonight. And um, yeah, so I'm very, very grateful also Super grateful for Clayton and Romy, and I text you guys this all the time, and you know how I feel. I've had a lot of details in um, my gratitude for you guys, but just thank you again for this opportunity, Um, but really just loving me and loving Akeem and um, just leading us really well in love, especially over the last couple of years, so thank you. And also, lastly, the rest of you guys, my church family, I just want to thank you so, so much. The last time I got to share... Um, a couple months ago, I left, as I was like reflecting on the night, I left feeling extremely celebrated and extremely um, loved by the intentionality of my church family to come up to me and just encourage me and just celebrate me and, and love on me. And I just want you to know that it is noticed that I recognize that and that um, I just feel so safe here. Um, and feel so loved on and celebrated. And so I just want to thank you, my church family as well, for just honoring me and just celebrating me and just cheering me on in a space that is really a training time and it's really, I'm learning and we're all learning together. And for it to not be a place where it feels competitive or, or anything like that, but we're really just in community loving each other, um, just means the world to me. So thank you. Um, love you all. Hopefully this shakiness will go away here in a second. So Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. You are good. You are so, so good. And I just thank you for um, community, that you created community, family units, friendship units, church bodies to come together, um, to cheer each other on, to love each other, to walk life with each other. And so I just thank you for every single person that is here tonight. And I thank you for the word that you have for tonight and that you are going to be the one that is speaking and directing and moving. And so we just give this time to you. We honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, it only takes about being here at Seashore Church one time 
to know and recognize that we are about revival. This church is a church that wants to see more of heaven, this community of people. And this revival that we want to see take place is an ongoing personal revival through the renewing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So whether it's on a corporate level or a personal level, revival cannot happen without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit. And so I'm just so encouraged by the body of Christ, not just our community, but the body in Virginia Beach. Um, I have the opportunity to be a part of different communities and organizations and have friends in different churches, and the common conversation that is taking place right now is revival. It is this desire, like the, the... um, people of God are rising up desiring more. We want more. We want authenticity. We want truth. We want greater intimacy. This is happening on a corporate level. And I'm just so encouraged to see that this is what the Holy Spirit is doing. There is a revival that is happening. It is taking place, and there's a stirring in the heavens, and we are about to see harvest. Harvest is coming. I've known people who, in this year, have known the Lord their whole lives and have wanted more in the Holy Spirit. People who have actually never even known the Holy Spirit decide this year, after knowing the Lord their whole lives, that they wanted the Holy Spirit. Like within the first six weeks of 2019, I got to be a part of baptizing four people in the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. First six weeks, four people. I've been a Christian for over 10 years, and that has never happened. And when this happened, I thought to myself, I asked the Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing, God? This is kind of wild. And I heard him say immediately, I am waking up my sons and daughters. I am raising them up. So if revival is this term revival, if this is a new term for you, I want to just explain a little bit what this means. The actual definition of revival means awakening, to awaken. It means to restore to life, rebirth, relaunch, to wake up. Heaven is waking up the children of God, the children of God to bring more of heaven to earth. And so tonight we're going to be talking about waking up, waking up, wake up everyone. Okay? No, but for real, we are. We're going to be talking about waking up tonight. Waking up in the spirit. Living awake spiritually. Living awake. And what better day to talk about that on Pentecost Sunday? Did anyone know today was Pentecost Sunday? This is the day in which we celebrate and we acknowledge the coming of the Holy Spirit. Today is the recognition of the birth of the Church of Christ. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, church. Happy birthday to you. Anyone want to join me? (laughs) Oh, man. So I believe there is an open open heaven tonight for people to wake up, to awaken their spirit. So if you walked in here tonight and you can relate to feeling spiritually mundane or spiritually tired or mediocre, I believe that you can leave here tonight spiritually awake, spiritually woke, okay? That's going to happen tonight. So who here has ever felt that you have just, or you've had times, because we've all experienced this, where you're just going through the motions in life, you know? Like one kind of scary uh, like example of this is you, when you're driving down a road that you drive down every day, say it's the road that you take to and from work every day, 
and you just kind of get lost in your thoughts. And then you kind of wake up from this imaginary land that you go to and you realize, I don't remember how I just got here. Like, I don't remember this drive. Has anyone experienced that? Okay, because I hope this is just not me. But that's kind of a wild feeling when you wake up and you're like, I actually don't remember going through that light or those stop signs. How am I here? Or, you know, you've sat in a room with people before and everyone's on their phones, just sitting on their phones, you know? We can be with people, we can be doing life and yet not be present, not be engaged to our surroundings and our realities. And the same was with, is, can be with our relationship with the Lord. We cannot be present or engaged with him or the power that lives within us. But tonight, with this invitation to wake up, it does call for us to choose to, uh, to live at a higher standard, engaged and present to what we're letting into our lives and what we are giving out. So we're going to just kind of get into scripture now. We're going to begin with Jesus' introduction to us about the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, you can follow with me on the screens. I'm going to be going through some different versions tonight. Um, we're going to be starting with John 14. John 14 is going to be in the Amplified Version. So it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. We're going to go down to verse 25. And then it says, Jesus, this is Jesus talking, he says, I have told you these things while I am still with you, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. So right here, Jesus is giving us Holy Spirit 101, okay? Jesus shares with us that the Holy Spirit, and I have this all written down, yep, is one, he's purposed to help us, he is our comforter, our advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, and standby to be with us forever. He remains with us continually and will be in us. He will teach us all things, and he'll help us to remember everything that Jesus taught us. So right here in the Gospels, we are already introduced to the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, Acts 2, which is the day of Pentecost, which is a day to, the day that we are um, celebrating and acknowledging today, this is where it refers to the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the coming of the Holy Spirit where we see the initial encounter and outpour. Yeah, girl. Um, so I want to encourage you to read the whole chapter on your own, but we are just going to go through the first four verses together um, in the Passion Translation, which just kind of simplifies um, this very unsimplified moment. So follow me on Acts 2 with the screen, verses 1 through 4. It says, On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. 
The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then, all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. So I just want to um, break down two of these verses really quick. Uh, verse 2, where the Holy Spirit is described, they heard a sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house. So this mighty wind that they use to describe is signifying power, that the Holy Spirit comes in power. And what's interesting about that is that um, when God breathed life into Adam in Genesis, he breathed, it says he breathed life into Jesus, or into Adam. Now, in John 20, when Jesus was resurrected from his crucifixion and he saw his disciples, he said, and when he said this, he, said, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So we see here that the purpose of the Holy Spirit was for life, just as God breathed life into Adam, the, Jesus breathed life into the disciples through receiving of the Holy Spirit, and the wind signifies the power of the Holy Spirit. So this Holy Spirit's purpose is for life and for power. Uh, now, verse 3 of Acts 2, where it says, Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, and it separated into tongues of fire that were engulfed, each one of them. So that could be a little confusing if you don't have context. So in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were being brought out of Egypt, the land of slavery and bondage for them, a pillar of fire is what led them through the night. So here, now in Acts 2, when the, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, it is now manifested in a pillar of fire which initiates a new beginning of dead religious structures into the powerful life of the Spirit, which is what we have today. And each believer here received an overpowering flame of fire. And this was the promise Jesus gave his disciples when he said, the one that is like me, he would be sent by the, fire, by the Father and never leave them. So here we see the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is for life and for power. And fire is often also used to visually describe the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what does fire do? Fire brings light to darkness and heat to its environment. Fire brings light to darkness and heat to its environment. So the same purpose that fire brings to this world is the same purpose that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit has in our life to bring light to darkness and heat to our environment. So now that we have the basis for the purpose of the Holy Spirit, we can now dig into how we can keep this fire alive and bright and burning to live spiritually awake spiritually awake. So the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as a gift. It's a gift to us. So how many of you have been guilty when you have received a gift to keep it in its box, to keep it in its bag, put it in the closet, let it sit for a while? Has anyone been guilty of this? So my brother, who is the only family member not here tonight, poor thing. <laughs> so he had this like great idea because he's never been around a pregnant woman before, um, to decor my nursery. 
he had this vision for like what my nursery, my nursery was supposed to look like. And it was a really sweet, kind idea. And he got this beautiful, beautiful like flower um, wall gallery thing created for Zara. And it was this su big surprise. And um, what he doesn't know is that when you are nesting as a pregnant woman in the last couple of weeks, like you have your vision and like nothing's getting away of that vision. Everyone just get out of my way. This is happening. So my brother wanted to get it to me before, and I had no idea what it was, and then Zara came two and a half weeks early. Long story short, there is a giant box in our guest room that has his beautiful, wonderful, thoughtful gift sitting in there for the last year. So, I know it's sad, but he's not here so we can talk about it. No, he knows, he knows. I've let him know what's up. I'm like, dude, it's probably not gonna happen until we like redecorate her room in a couple of years, so. But, you know, we can be guilty of this, right? We can get, re receive gifts and not really do much with them. Or you've gotten that gift and you're like, I really needed this. And you get a lot of use out of that. You're using it every day. It is just the best gift ever. We can approach the Holy Spirit the same way. We can have the Holy Spirit and just keep it in its box. We can keep it in its bag, keep it in the closet, think, you know what? One day I'm going to use that. Or we can be activating the Holy Spirit we could be using this gift that God has given us. But the choice is ours. The choice is ours. And there's a real epidemic happening in the body of Christ today. And it's a sleepwalking problem. We're sleepwalking. Just as we can be driving and not be aware of like the route that we just took, or we can still be doing things in life but not be engaged with the people and the realities of our, of, of our environment, we are sleepwalking, asleep to the heart of God, asleep to the voice of God, to our purposes in God. We're asleep to our own realities, our own feelings, our own thoughts, and our giftings. Because of this busy, demanding world that we live in, we just hustle and we go, and by the time we have a minute to breathe, we just want to veg out. We just want to Netflix and chill. In an appropriate way, of course. That's the only way I know, too. I'm like, what is this lingo? Why would you take that and use it for that? So is anyone with me, like, where you just feel like life is so busy and it's so exhausting that I just want to veg, right? Am I the only one? You guys got to talk to me here. Am I the, I'm the only one? Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. We're coping by sleeping. We're coping, not a physical sleep, but like this, this um, oh, gosh, I lost the word, this Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. It's more, but not so, not a, not a literal sleep, but we are, oh my gosh, what's the word? No, but that's, we'll use that, apathy. That doesn't make any sense to me, but we are sleeping internally. There's an internal sleep that is taking place, and that's how we're coping with life. And we're not engaging and activating the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the Father wants to wake us up. The Holy Spirit wants to be activated in our lives. He wants to move in and through us with power and fire. But often, too often, we choose our phones, food, Netflix, busyness, spending money, all the indulgences of the world. I mean, the, the, the list of comforts and things that are available to us is endless, truly. And with this being said, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is, is you can have as much of God as you want. 
you can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you want. That is the good news. You want to know what the bad news is? You can have as much of God as you want. You can have as much of the Holy Spirit as you want. But it's your choice to yield. It's your choice to sacrifice. It's your choice to surrender. It's your choice to relinquish the control. As we read earlier, the characteristics of the Holy Spirit are comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. So let's ask ourselves, how much are we allowing the Holy Spirit to be our comforter? Or do we go to the things, do we go to the pantry? Do we go to the remote? Do we go to the people in our worlds? How much are we allowing the Holy Spirit to advocate for us? Are we fighting our own fights? Are we trying to be vindicated and justified? How much do we let the Holy Spirit actually be our strength? Or do we just think to ourselves, no one else is going to help me. I have to do this on my own. How much are we letting the Holy Spirit be our counselor? Our counselor guiding us through the decisions and the the situations of life? Or are we just thinking, oh, nope, this is a good idea, so I'm going to go for it, instead of getting counsel with the Holy Spirit? The Father invites us to seek him, and the Holy Spirit requires us to yield to him. The Father invites us to seek him. He wants to be sought out, and the Holy Spirit requires and desires us to yield to him. When you yield to the Holy Spirit, you are yielding to the ability of God to flow through you. And God can only take you to the level of your yes, of your yes. Galatians 5 and Revelation 3 gives us great direction and understanding on what it means to live spiritually awake. Specifically, Galatians 5, I have been reading over the last month on my own personal time. And this chapter, this this chapter in this book has really, the Holy Spirit has used this to wake me up to open my eyes to my sleepwalking and my comfortable bondages, my innocent bondages. So Galatians 5, turn with me on the screens. We're going to be reading this again in the Passion Translation. And this just gets me every time. This, this really, really, every time I would read it, I'd be like, whoa, am I allowing this? As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life, which is your flesh. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you you are self-life of the flesh and new creation life of the Spirit. Verse down, uh, we're skipping down to verse 19. The cravings of self-life are obvious. Sexual morality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, 
That one got me. Manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of other, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all the similar, similar, oh, similar behaviors. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue and faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. After reading this for over a month, I started to wake up to the little things within me that were hindering me. Just like this scripture says when he says, your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. So I was feeling this. It was all coming to the surface and I decided to go on a walk and as I was going on the walk, it was like, I just saw like this flash, like almost like a photo album, like being blown open and all the papers just going by of everything that I have chased after more than God with. All of the little things that are keeping me distant from the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of my relationship with the Lord. And as I'm walking, I'm just seeing all of this and I'm thinking, oh, that's it. Because really this whole year for me, just an adjustment into motherhood, my relationship with the Lord has looked very different. My time with him has looked very different. And I've been feeling like I've just been in this mediocre, lukewarm, mundane place. But up until recently, I had been kind of okay with it. All of my little things that I um, grabbed for, they were working. They were working for me. But this scripture started to open my eyes to the reality of what I was doing, which was um, really hindering the fullness of my life with the Lord and the power and the presence of the Lord in my life. And I started to realize and started to see that the only way I'm gonna get where I know I'm supposed to be is if I start surrendering, if I start turning and going in a different direction, repenting. And so on this walk, I just started just that. I just started to apologize and ask for forgiveness for all the littlest things to the biggest things that I do to comfort myself, to advocate for myself, to strengthen myself, to numb myself, to cope. And it was like, after, as soon as I did that, you would think there would be like a lot of peace that would come in, but actually this fear rose up. Because now I realized, oh, I just like, you know, made a commitment to, to God that I'm gonna stop reaching for these things that bring me comfort, that allow me to not have to think and feel and deal with all the things of life. So this fear rose up immediately like, 
oh God, this is gonna mean that I'm gonna have to deal with that. I'm gonna have to think about that. I'm gonna have to feel it. I'm gonna have to talk about it. I'm gonna have to sit in it. It's probably the hardest thing for my personality type is to sit in things. I just wanna go. I just wanna experience and do things. But I'm gonna have to sit in it. And that's when I said, okay, but Holy Spirit, you show me that, you've shown me in your word that you can give me greater cravings that can actually start putting the, the cravings of my flesh aside. And so Holy Spirit, I just trust that you will lead me, that you will guide me, that you will help me in those moments as I make the right sacrifices to, to um, put those things, the things that I reach for aside, that you would help me in those moments, deal with my fear, deal with my pain, deal with the frustration, deal with the disappointment, help me. The big players in my life are television. Man, who doesn't just love to just sit there and just, television. That's a big player in my life, and I've had to just be like, no. And it's hard, but it's good. <laughs> it's hard, but it's good. <laughs> it's a family inside joke. Um, you know, but shows that celebrate like unholy behaviors and lifestyles or social media that just breeds comparison, busy busyness, spending money, looking to other people to be more than they're supposed to be in my life. When I realized that these habits were hindering my relationship with the Lord, I realized that I needed to repent, I needed to confess, and I needed to be honest about what was behind these things and what I was dealing with, like the fear that came up. And then I needed, and then I just asked the Holy Spirit to help me. Chapter 3 in the book of Revelation. Um, we're going to be reading the book of Revelation. Oh, my gosh. Get ready. Just a little chunk. No, nothing, nothing crazy. But there are many letters um, in the book of Revelation that are written to the seven different churches. And um, the letter to the church of Laodicea that we're going to be reading gives us really great insight to the temperament and alertness of the level of spirituality that Christ wants us. Um, and now Laodicea, what that, the, the, the meaning of that name actually means is people's rights or self-righteousness. And so this letter to this church is actually a call to repent from living lukewarm. That is the purpose behind this, this letter. So if you want to follow with me, Revelation 3 15 through 22 on the Passion Translation. Hopefully the guys will change it because you're going to want to read it with me. Do, do, do. Okay. We're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to just do this together. So Christ is saying to this church, verse 15, I know all that you do, and I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. Oh, how I wish you were either one or the other. But because you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, I am about to spit you out from my mouth. For you claim I'm rich and getting richer, and I don't need a thing. Yet you are clueless that you are miserable, poor, blind, barren, and naked. So I counsel you to purchase gold perfected by fire so that you can be truly rich. Purchase a white garment to cover and clothe your shameful Adam nakedness. Purchase eye salve to be placed over your eyes so that you can truly see. All those I dearly love, I unmask and train. So repent and be eager to pursue what is right. 
Behold, I am standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into into you and feast with you, and you will feast with me. And to the one who conquers, I will give privilege of sitting with me on my throne, just as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. The one whose heart is open, let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is saying now to the churches." So in verse 20, where it says, behold, I am standing at the door knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come in to you and feast with you. Now, what is so significant about that analogy, that illustration that we see here, is that in the biblical times, this was actually an ancient Jewish Jewish wedding tradition. And so in that time, a bridegroom and his father would come to the door of the bride-to-be carrying a glass of wine and the bride price. There was a bride price then. And standing outside, they would knock on the door. And if she fully opened the door, she was saying, yes, I will be your bride. So Jesus and God our Father, in the same way, are knocking on the doors of our heart inviting us to be the bride of Christ. So how do we live spiritually awake? I'm going to give you um, four key points with scripture references next to them, but we're not going to go into the scripture references for the sake of time. But if you want to write them down, I encourage you to. But this is what I pulled from uh, Galatians and Revelations and a little Romans um, scripture to just give a layout for how do we live spiritually awake. One, we choose our level, depth, and power and activation of the Holy Spirit by yielding. We choose our level and depth and power and activation of the Holy Spirit by yielding. Two, repent and pursue what is right. Choose Um, to let those things go. Choose to let the Holy Spirit be those things for you. It will require sacrifice. Romans 12 says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And four, the last and probably the most important thing to catapult this in your life is to say yes to God always and in everything because whatever we say yes to it is the level in which he can bring us to we were created and destined to live spiritually awake and powerfully through the holy spirit and it's available to us right here right now we have the opportunity right now to say yes to god to open the door of our hearts to let him in So for some of you, opening the door of your heart to God, this could be the very first time. But maybe you've opened it before and you've kept God in the doorway, like not really fully letting him in. You know when like a neighbor comes by and you're like, oh, hey, and you just kind of leave him at the doorway. Maybe that's how you've approached God. Or maybe some of you are sitting here and you have let him in. You have sat with him at the table, but you've just fallen asleep. And you really relate to that place in your spiritual walk right now where you just feel like you're struggling with that mundane, mediocre, lukewarm place. And tonight, you want to say yes to waking up. So wherever you find yourself tonight, there's an invitation on the table for you to say yes to more. And we're going to collectively 
how we're going to end tonight is we're just going to collectively worship one more time. I want to give everyone an opportunity to say yes to more of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I, there is an open heaven for this. I truly believe there will be an outpour of that as you say yes. God has gifts that he is going to pour over you. More power, more presence, greater intimacy and depth. And so during this worship, I just want to encourage you, because this is a very personal choice. Um, this is a very personal matter, an internal matter. And I just want to encourage you, if you can relate to this, if you want more, if you want to receive what the Lord is going to outpour and you want to be in a position of receiving, I encourage you. I encourage you to yield. I encourage you to repent. I encourage you to bring those things to the Lord. Bring the fear. Bring the concern. Bring the question to the Lord and say yes during this time. And I believe you will receive. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.